So let's say you had a little breakfast around an hour ago or so, or whenever you did. After you breakfast, you the first thing that happens in your bloodstream within, say, 5-10 minutes, glucose goes up. Okay? Guess what? The pancreas, very important organ, senses their eyes in glucose and releases insulin into the bloodstream. Insulin travels in the bloodstream and can reach a, a whole number of tissues just about wherever there is circulation. It's going to look for a specific cell surface receptor called the insulin receptor. And it's going to bind to it and it's going to give that specific cell through the insulin receptors specific instructions as what to do on the cell interior. Okay? So two things are happening here. One, one organ, the pancreas. Let's say the insulin receptor is on the liver. Communicates with the liver by releasing insulin. The liver receives that message through its receptor. So that communication is called intercellular communication between two distinct cells or two distinct tissues. Once insulin binds to its receptor on the cell surface of hepatocytes, it's going to instruct hepatocytes as what to do metabolically. So that signal, that extracellular signal, is going to be converted into an intracellular signal. So we have two types of signals that really control all of metabolism. Intercellular signals, hormones released in one place from one organ affecting many other organs. Once that hormone is received at that other tissue or organ, it's going to transduce a change or ca cause a change uh, uh, in the receptor, and the receptor will initiate uh, intracellular uh, signals within the cell. So, for example, in the case of insulin, it might tell the liver, go ahead and start making glycogen. We have plenty of glucose, so it's instructing the liver to make glycogen. So that's a type of uh, cellular response that will be generated. <coughs> okay. So just quickly here, there are several types of intercellular signals. The first one is uh, you're more all of you familiar with probably is a nerve. Uh, transmission, neuronal transmission, you got a neurotransmitter, presynaptic, postsynaptic target cell, and uh, that 
separates two receptors on the target cells. You have a gap uh, junction, uh, the uh, signaling molecule uh, basically crossing a gap junction, finding a target cell with the appropriate receptor. <coughs> what I just told you about is probably one of the most important cellular signaling is the middle one, endocrine signaling. That means a hormone is released directly into the bloodstream. And as such, it has access to really wherever there is circulation and wherever there are specific receptors for that hormone. So if this was insulin released here, then if the tissue, target tissue has an insulin receptor, it will respond accordingly. <coughs> just to kind of really highlight how important cellular signaling, not just in the regulation of metabolism, but in just about every cellular function, I want you to pay attention to the last six here. That's all our, all our sensory perception. From vision, from taste, from hearing, from touch, from uh, smell, all of these senses are driven by a stimulus that binds a specific receptor. The reason I can see you is because light activates a specific receptor in my photoreceptor cells in the retina called rhodopsin. That's the same reason you see me. So I want you to appreciate how important signaling, cellular signaling, and a signal activating its appropriate receptor. Okay, that governs not only our senses, but many developmental signals, many immunological signals, uh, 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 transformation signals, sometimes in the case of growth factors and so on. You don't need to memorize this, but appreciate how widespread receptor-mediated signaling is in the body and how important. So, I'm a little behind, but that's okay. Uh, so, extracellular signals will be converted by, to an intracellular signal at the target tissue, and that process is called signal transduction. For that to occur, you have to have the appropriate receptor at the target tissue, it has to be stimulated by the appropriate signal. So the first thing you want to think about here is specificity. These are highly specific signals between a hormone and its receptor. So once the hormone binds its receptor, it will initiate a transmembrane response within the cell causing a cellular response. Okay? It could activate a pathway, it could inhibit a pathway, it could result in protein synthesis and so on. 
So this is really a generic example just for you to appreciate the, uh, so here's one cell producing a hormone. It's going to that hormone look, look for its receptor. In this case, it's an adjacent cell. It doesn't have to go to the bloodstream. And that's the, that Y-shaped structure is the adjacent cell. So once the hormone binds to the receptor, it's going to initiate a cascade of events. First, it will activate this receptor, initiate a cascade of events intracellular. These may be a variety of things, including perhaps producing new molecules inside that cell, maybe activating some enzymes, so, and eventually causing a cellular response inside the cell. Okay, so I want you to appreciate this is inter-binding, and that's intra, once it activates the receptor what happens beyond the extracellular, beyond the, the, the cell membrane inside the cell. <clears throat> okay, so all, uh, there are really a lot of different types of receptors and a lot of different types of hormones or signals that stimulate they're all kind of grouped into families, okay? So we have four families here. Steroid receptor family. That means the reason they're grouped is first, they, the receptor behaves a certain way or causes its intracellular responses a certain way. Okay, so that's what you want to focus on. Second is another family called gated ion channel. Third is called receptor enzyme. And the fourth is G protein coupled receptor. So I want you to th think of these as really large families that have different type of stimuli and different types of respective receptors. Okay, so I'm going to go through here uh, the big picture so you will uh, appreciate what we are talking about. So, first of all, let me start with the, kind of orient you here. Here's the plasma membrane. Here's the nuclear membrane. So, here's the nucleus. S is the stimulus, the extracellular stimulus. I want you to look at 2, 3, and 4. Here's one type of receptor. Here's another type of receptor. Here's a third type. What's common about all three of them is they're all part of the cell membrane. So they're cell surface receptors. That means the stimulus can, uh, 
find them, bind to them, and cause some change in that receptor. The first one here, I'll go quickly through that one and the rest of them, and then we'll start in more detail in a minute. But the first one is called the iron-gated channel receptor. That means when the stimulus binds to this receptor, and the receptor is protein in nature, a large cell surface protein. It causes a conformation of change, make this uh, uh, receptor create an, a gate or an ion channel, allows, say, sodium to come. So that's one type of receptor, one family of receptors. Three, the receptor itself, one activated again by the appropriate stimulus, has catalytic activity. So part of that receptor is an enzyme. And once you activate the extracellular portion of that receptor, you activate its uh, enzymatic activity. So that's called the receptor enzyme. Third one, which is uh, this number four here, is an extremely important type of receptor called G-protein coupled receptors. That's the shape of the receptor in the membrane. That's the entire protein spanning the membrane seven times. It's called G-protein coupled receptor because once you activate that receptor, the first protein that gets activated on the intracellular side is a G-protein. So I'm going to get into all of these in detail, but I just want you to appreciate, first of all, all three here are unique. Each one is a separate family. Each one requires a unique stimulus. Okay? What they share in common is that all these receptors are cell surface receptors. That means they're exposed on the extracellular side. Number one here is very different from the previous three in that notice that the stimulus comes from outside, crosses the membrane, crosses the nuclear membrane, finds this receptor, this pink uh, oval structure, binds to it, activates it. Now, in this case, the receptor is intracellular. complex of stimulus and receptor is now able to change something inside the cell. And it does so by binding to a specific region in DNA, altering, typically increasing gene expression. 